welcome to the 31st episode of Sawdust Nation Podcast with Nick from MPG Creations, AJ from Crafted in NJ, and me, Josh from North Country Woodworking. Let's hear from our sponsors. Well, like always, we want to thank our sponsors for sponsoring the Sawdust Nation Podcast. And one of them sponsors is Total Boat. Head over to TotalBoat.com. Check them out on the uh, inter- interwebs of Instagram. I couldn't think of what I wanted to say. Uh, Facebook as well. And go check out the epoxy stuff that they have. They have tons of stuff from penetrating epoxy to deep pour epoxy to even finishes. Uh, the Halcyon is one staple that's in my shop that I use for any outdoor projects that I have. And I trust it, you know, in every project that I do for outdoor use. Um, just because they, they're, it's a marine, you know, application. So, you know, if it's going to be surviving in the um in the seawater, in the salt water, then you know it'll be surviving, you know, on the flag that I hang outside or something like that. So um, head over to Total Boat uh, and check out the products that they offer. And um, if you use any of their products, let us know. Share your, you know, finished epoxies. Um, I can't even think of finished epoxy projects and, uh, you know, tag Sawdust Nation podcast in there. Uh, but thank you to Total Boat and thank you to Sticker Beat for sponsoring the podcast as well. Head over to Sticker Beat and enter the code Sawdust Nation, no spaces, in checkout, and you receive 20% off your entire order. Sticker Beat uses high quality 3M vinyl, which sticks to almost anything and will survive almost anything. And Josh has proved that multiple times with his stickers all over the place. Uh, Nick has just picked up a whole bunch of stickers. I think he wiped out the whole inventory over at Sticker Beat. He got so many 500 stickers. And, and I've been sticking them on everything. <laughs> they all knew that was going to happen. So yeah. even Josh's cat has an MPG sticker on it. Um, I'm not sure how that happened, but wait, wait, wait! My cat has an MPG sticker, and I do not. Your your cat messaged. You. <laughs> she messaged uh, Nick and got one. So anyway, head over to Sticker Beat. Use the code Sawdust Nation at checkout and receive 20 percent off your entire order. And I'm gonna head over. I'm gonna head over. I'm gonna head over to Nick's shop right now and uh, let Nick introduce our newest sponsor. So I am very proud, as well as the rest of the Sawdust Nation crew, is very proud to present our brand new sponsor, JTech Photonics. JTech Photonics makes outstanding laser systems that attach to any and all, well, mostly all uh, CNC machines. Uh, if you haven't experienced the JTEC experience, please head on over to JTECPhotonics.com. You can find out if they have a mount for your specific CNC machine. I know they do some standalone items as well. Um, their customer service is out of this world. Uh, Jay over at JTEC Photonics, I know, right? Easy to remember. Uh, mm-hmm. if, you, if you give him a call, he'll help you out with troubleshooting. No questions asked. He's a real good guy, and he takes pride in helping out his customers. So check him out, jtechphotonics.com. Nice, nice. So uh, with that, we got to ask, Josh, what is on your bench? Because not only do we want to know, the whole entire universe needs to know what's on your bench. The Sawdust Nation universe. I like the sound of that. Right. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, what's in the shop? What's going on? Um, if you guys have been following me this week, I've done some interesting stuff with the CNC. It's uh, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle time. Um, I went ahead and was trying a little different techniques in sign making and, you know, just relived the childhood a little bit and made a sign. Um, it turned out, I thought, pretty good. Um, did some painting afterwards and uh, actually off that curve, I have a new order for a duplicate sign that will be going to Idaho. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's the first time shipping there and uh, it's a new customer. So, that's it's pretty exciting. Um, additionally, I got two projects out of the workshop. I got a coin holder done, a circular 30, no, 25 inch, um, circular coin holder complete and out. I also did a, uh, child name puzzle and, uh, that was interesting. It was my first one. Um, it, it wasn't the fact it was hard. It was the fact that it was my A, but the first one, mm-hmm. I didn't really know how I wanted to go about doing it. And, uh, you know, once I got it together and kind of learned some things on the way, um, you know, I'll probably make one for my kids as well, at least my smallest one. So when she gets older, she can uh, utilize that. But uh, I also have the kitchen helper I'm currently working on and another um, noodle board. And nice. Walnut just showed up to give her <laughs> spiel on what's on her bench. Um, but long story short, got a couple things cooking in the uh, the kitchen, as you could say, in the workshop. Um I also hung up my my hand planes, yeah, and uh, that's something that I wanted to finish before I actually hung up. But I three D printed all these mounts. I put them on uh, some three quarter inch uh, Baltic birch uh, plywood, and uh, French cleated it up there. Um, I'm gonna stain it walnut, and then I'm going to probably outline it with uh, a border of cherry or maple, dependent, and then. Once that's all done and I have time to do it, uh, I made space for, you know, all the planes I plan on getting in the future. Hmm. But uh, other than that, you know, i just been kind of doing things here and there in the shop, trying to complete orders. I did get a massive order in. Um, be a pretty big build. It's going to be that wine cabinet that I've been talking about for a little while. They just put half down payment down. Nice. So... That will be a larger build. It's going to be, I think, five feet tall or six feet tall and then three or four feet long or width. So it's going to be pretty big. It's 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 going to have wine glass holders on top. It's going to have uh, a light that's in there. It's going to have uh, places for the bottles, a small liquor cabinet, mm-hmm. and uh, some extra storage as well. So nice. that's going to be a fun build, uh, something I haven't done before, but... That's about it. That wraps it up. What's going on in my workshop, Nick? What's going on in your workshop? I'm so glad you asked. I have so much going on right now, just because I am moving. So, uh, I'm shutting the shop down here shortly. And I know I keep saying that, but people keep ordering stuff, so it's hard. <laughs> you know, I, I really like to uh, to keep on fulfilling these orders. I just got an Etsy order today, nice. which is. Surprise! It also reminded me to pull all my stuff off Etsy, so thank you for that. Because <laughs> I don't want to be getting any orders while I'm actually in the middle of a move. But uh, likewise, I have some other plaques and uh, flags to work on. And all in total, I think it's about five to six orders, and uh, I am officially out of here. But nice. uh, the hard part is packing things up and getting them in a manner in which I can still operate. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be as efficient as possible, but it's hard because, <clears throat> you know, 
I'm digging back into boxes that I've already sealed up. Of course. But, uh, all my all of my hardwood is 100% packed up. That's the offcuts. Um, I'm getting ready to go, man. I'm excited. So that's all I got going on in my shop. Nothing too, you know, too exciting or too big going on, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just busy. I spent uh, all day for the past few weeks in my garage uh, taking a class, an online class. So, you know, once I'm done with class, I'll take off the old uniform and put on the old apron and stay in my garage for another eight hours. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, so this place starting to look like a dorm room. I've got like yeah. soda cans and, <laughs> or not soda cans, but monster cans and bottles of water. And yeah. Anyway. Is that a cop behind you? You sleep in there too? Yeah. I, uh, my wife told me, don't even bother coming upstairs if it's past a certain time. Cause I, you don't want me to wake her up. So I've been sleeping on my lumber racks. Anyway. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but that's it so what about you aj what you got going on in your shop man you know same old same old i keep saying it all the time it's just flags 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 but i'm getting a lot more a lot of different orders lately um actually i just got a commission to do a we were talking about this in our little pre-show but i got a message the other day from an organization that this uh 13 year old girl started for Kentucky police officers. And it's, uh, she asked if I would be willing to donate a small flag for a detective who is being named detective of the year. Um, so of course I said, yes. And, um, I got another flag order, so that's going, uh, Josh actually referred somebody my way and, uh, that was a nice surprise as well. So, um, I'm telling you orders are going through the absolute roof over here. And um, I just was talking with somebody today while I was at my normal job job, and um, they they messaged me a couple of days ago and wanted a bench for in front of their bed, but they want a storage bench with arms, and so the, but they wanted out of of course all wood. They want it rustic looking. So I was toying around with the idea. I asked Josh a couple things, and um, then I drew something up today, real real like stick figure ish, and um, they liked it. They approved it and they said, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, I, I, this is perfect. I'll get some funds together and then we'll, uh, we'll get this thing rocking and rolling. So I thought that was going to buy me some time. And then, uh, I said, no problem. Let me know whenever you're ready. And she goes, no, no, no. You could start whenever you're ready because I want it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. So that's like order number 36 on the long growing list of orders. Um, but last night I was rocking and rolling downstairs in the shop. I threw on some music in my uh, headphones, and literally, I was just knocking some stuff out. Wow, I don't know what the hell that was. Um, so, but with that, I got a guitar stand that I'm redoing, uh, or I'm not sorry, not redoing. I'm making a new one. I got a lot of heart orders. Um, a lot of those I put on myself because um, I'm going to give a set to my mom. I'm going to send one out there. I'm going to give a set to Kim's mom. So I got a lot of stuff that I also want to do. That's on top of these orders, but I got to get that stuff knocked out. Flags are all coming together. I actually just did my first Canadian flag. And then um, I'm a sensation on TikTok. So if you are on TikTok, go follow Crafted and NJ. Hit that, smash that subscribe button and like the one video that I spelt everything wrong in. Is is TikTok a subscribe thing or is it a just a follow thing? It, okay, smash that follow button. 
and let me get the no- notifications. I know, I, you could totally be right, man. I just posted my first video today, so no, no, I have no idea. It's just follow. It's the same exact thing as Instagram, except with just videos. It's. I only went on it because I wanted to see what I can gain out of it. Maybe I can gain a different follower base. Who who knows? I you know I was told by a couple makers that I was talking to actually one that's local to me, and um, he was telling he was telling me that oh hold on that uh, I should go on TikTok because of my videos. And I mean they're not super great. You know they're just standard old videos right off the phone. But um, he he told me he's like maybe you know spread the business that way. And we're going to try it. So I'm already. Yeah, why not? TikTok already reached out to me and said um, that they're going to send me a plaque. Ah, Jesus, Lord. My cat's nails just got me in the leg. Sorry about that, everybody. So um, Power through the pain, man. Well, when <laughs> this you're, is live. Yeah, when, we, when you're not expecting it and he digs right in, um, it's not so much fun. But anyway, besides what's on my bench, uh, that's really all. Just got a lot of orders and... Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. But anyway, so with that, I'm going to throw it to... I just want to say, though, real yes. quick, before you, tr- you throw it somewhere. I threw if it. I, if I start seeing some dance videos on your TikTok, I'm unfollowing you. <laughs> just saying. No. You will never see me dance because I don't dance. I shuffle. Like, I'll, like, move, like, side to side. It'll just literally be like this. And that's my dancing. That's it. Well, I'm going to unfollow you if I see that. So don't do that. Hey. Just so you know, I'm so uncomfortable in my own skin when I do those stories. The last thing I'm thinking about is doing any kind of dancing and making myself look more like a fool. Nick just wants to, you know, make sure you're posting more about wood than you are dancing. That's all. I know. I know. I have nothing for that. I was trying to come up with a joke on the spot, but I got nothing. I mean, (laughs) I was trying to think of something with Nick's, you know, Nick was packing all his hardwood in that box and he was going to have to go find his hardwood, but I'm not really sure. Crickets on this one. Jeez. I give me something guys. Now, anyway, so uh, 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 all right, moving on. (laughs) Anyway. So uh, with that, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it over to, I don't remember. I think it was Nick. Just pick someone. Oh, Nick. Hey, I think we got something sent in to us about something we talked about on another episode. We did. Uh, I believe we spoke about shipping and how we do our packaging and shipping our items on last week's podcast. Well, Handmade by Vincent Ferrari sent us a voicemail message uh, via email this week. And uh, we'd like to play it for you. He's got some really good advice, especially for those of you who are worried about uh, high shipping costs. So, And Josh is going to queue that up. Now. And queuing it up. And soon as it wants to play. Josh is queuing it up right now. Why aren't you playing? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached some technical difficulties. Please stand by and listen to the nice jazz music that we're going to play. I think we need to include jazz music into this now. Some elevator music. I have it right here. Just not playing. Oh, let me re-download the attachment. This makes no sense. Why is it not playing? Gentlemen, how you all doing? I was listening to your conversation about shipping services, and I have a strong piece of advice. 
I do most of my business by shipping. I've used stamps.com. I've used pirate ship. I've gone direct with USPS. I've gone direct with UPS. I've, I've pretty much done everything. And here's what I've ended up figuring out. There's a service called Shippo at goshippo.com. And you can add your own shipping account. So like if you have your own FedEx account, your own UPS account, whatever, you can add that in. You can ship direct through USPS. You can ship direct through UPS. And here's why they're better than pretty much everybody else. If you want to ship something UPS, they give you a 54% discount off their retail price, which means that the price that you usually get quoted, which is what they call their published price, will be 46% higher than the price you're actually going to pay. This is good because this service actually rate shops for you. So when you put your information in, it'll actually show you all the rates for all the different carriers, and you can just pick the cheapest one. What I've ended up finding is that usually USPS priority is almost the same price as UPS ground. And when it's a difference of like a dollar, you'd have to be insane to send something USPS. That's the service I use. I've been really, really happy with it. It pretty much consolidates everything. Plus, if you're using like Squarespace or Wix, eBay, Etsy, wherever your orders go, they automatically come in there and sit there waiting for you to ship. And then when you ship, they send a fulfillment notification back to whatever platform the order came from. It makes everything very automated and very, very, very easy. I love it. I've been very happy with it. And they just introduced a basically a free service. So if you use all the built-in accounts, you don't pay anything for per label. If you want to use your own FedEx account or your own U- U- UPS account, you can pay, uh, I think it's five cents a label. Or if you pay $10 a month, which to me is totally worth it, there's unlimited labels with unlimited, um, with no fees. So I would highly recommend it. If you're shipping a lot, this is a big money saver and a time saver, and it's one that I've gotten to really, really enjoy and one that I don't think I would actually ever change from at this point considering I've used all the competition. Keep up the great work. I love the podcast, um, and I hope you guys keep doing it for the next 50 years. Wow, that's some really good information. It Um, is. I'm actually signing up as we speak. Yeah, I'm going to have to hit that up. Because uh, I'm getting killed over here on shipping. I'm starting to feel that pain a little bit, but not as much as you guys have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been shipping. Actually, I just learned the other day that um, I shipped something through ShipNerd. And um, I was able to price shop a little bit with ShipNerd compared to Etsy. So it was an Etsy order. And Etsy will do, you know, um, USPS um, shipping labels for you. So you can pretty much do a one-stop shop. So... You know, if you ship something small enough, you can actually, it'll come up when you go to complete the order. You can put in all the info, the weight, the size, and then um, it'll give you a price. I was actually shopping around because I wanted to see how I could ship it, either UPS or USPS. And um, it was actually cheaper to go through UPS through ShipNerd. So I ultimately ended up doing that because I think it was like, five or six dollars more through Etsy, which isn't a tremendous amount, but when you're not selling the item for, you know, a ton of money, I'd rather save on the shipping, still go through UPS and know it's gonna get there, not with UPS or USPS when who knows what state that that thing's gonna end up in or country <laughs> at, at that. So I mean, I'm I'm going to sign up, and I mean, it's step, taking me through the steps right now, so we'll see how it goes. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Vincent, for sending that video in, uh, or at least that, that voicemail in. Um, that's some solid advice. <laughs> There's a video, too? Oh, no. He did, I, I saved the video to my 
Oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what do we got going on for questions this week? Uh, we got about three questions in from three different individuals. Um, one Wooden Whiskers a trading company, Tyler, he went and set a video, or yeah, now you got me saying it, video <laughs> message, um, a audio message, and we'll cue that up, and uh, let's go over that. So let's try this one more time. Hopefully it's going to work. Hey, what's up, fellas? Tyler here, Wooden Whiskers Trading Co. I got a question this week for the podcast. So I'm starting to accumulate, you know, larger tools and more tools. Recently bought a dust collection system, and I'm thinking about building a, a permanent dust collection system in my garage here. I wanted your thoughts. Do you think it's reasonable? Um, are you looking, is there a certain CFM the system should pull? Uh, line sizes. Just wanted your thoughts and opinions, guys. Thank you. Well, I guess because I guess I'm the only one with a fully piped shop, so I'll go first. Um, if you're able to um, hard pipe it, let the jokes ensue. <laughs> are you a favor of the four inch or the two and a half? I I I prefer the four inch. Um, Schedule 40, hard PVC, white okay. lengths. Anyway, so with that, um, if I had to do it all over again, um, I would continue to do it the way I did it with the hard pipe. And, um, you know, I have flex lines coming off of each run. So I got to go into the miter saw, the band saw. I got one with that dust right handle, which I think all three of us have. Um, and mm -hmm. I can connect that to my table saw. I can... I do my small band saw. So it goes to a multiple things. Um, the only downside that I, I wish I bought it was I wish I bought a larger one. I should have gone with the 1200 CFMs, but you hear CFMs and you hear tons of people talking, you know, 1200, 2000, you know, 6,000, whatever it is. But if you don't have it piped right, then it's really, it's for naught at that point. You could have the most suction and it's not going to work right. Um, you want to, if you, I'm on a roll and you guys are screwing me up now. Um, but you want to make sure when you pipe it, that everything's going in the same direction, that it's all flowing because the suction has to suck from the dust collector and it wants to go back towards it. So if you have elbows or Y's that are in the wrong position, then um, they're going backwards. You're going to create turbulence in there and then the suction isn't going to be as much and you're going to lessen the amount of dust it'll be able to pull through those hoses and um if you use a lot of flex line flex line also cuts down on your cfms um i unfortunately have to use a pretty long run of flex line but it does the job it, it picks all the dust up i mean it's kind of close to the the dust collector so it's got enough suction and enough power but if i let's just say i was 20 feet away and i had a, a 10 foot flex line my suction is going to be a lot less. And now I might even limit myself even more if I have, you know, something of lower CFMs. Um, Josh and I are running about the same dust collector. He's got a Grizzly. I got a Shop Fox. His is painted green. Mine is painted white. Right? Yours is green? Uh, actually, mine is white, too. Oh. It's just has a Grizzly. It's got a Grizzly. It's literally the same thing. It's exactly With a different sticker. One thing I'm noticing about mine is that the filter is starting to get a little clogged. Um I keep blowing it out. I keep, you know, cleaning it as much as I can, but I really, I believe I might have to change that filter at some point. Um, 
Really, I haven't actually blew it out at all. Um, I just been using the handle to kick the dust down. Yep. Um, but I mean, like you said it perfectly. You have more of a hard piped uh, shop with long extensions, and mine's just a long flex hose that can reach from one side of the shop to the other. And I do lose CFM because of what how I'm using mm-hmm. it. But I mean, like it's only twenty feet too. Yep. I And on that twenty feet, you're losing some, but. Um, the one thing I did want to bring up, because you, you pretty much hit on everything I was going to touch on, um, is in Tyler, you might know this already, but if you have a four inch port or a two and a half inch port or whatever from a tool, make sure that's what you're actually running it from. So I wouldn't be taking a two and a half and me having adapter two and a four inch because it's a different type of CFM that that tool needs. Um, you can, you're going to actually get some suction, but you're not going to get the appropriate. That tool is made for two and a half port. You need a two and a half port for that. So you're probably going to need more of a shop vac or something like that. But I mean, it's all up to you and how you want to do your shop. Um, you can definitely use hard pipe as much as you can and try to limit your, um, your Y's and your hard nineties. You want softer turns. You want like 45s and, um, try to, you know, seal up as much as you can too. Um, and I know you're going to do all this. It's pretty standard stuff, but, uh, if it's going to be a shop, you're going to be in for the rest of your life. Go ahead, spend extra, get a good dust collector. Um, Laguna has a good one. I know Harvey tools has a really good one as well. They can put under like a, um, woodworking bench, um, there's tons of different models out there. I'm pretty sure you already have one or you're already looking. But, uh, yeah, just some of the helpful little hints. AJ, like I said, went over a good majority of them. And I know uh, Nick over there has some good insight on it as well. Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm in such a small space and I'm not staying here, so I don't have any hard pipes in uh, or any large dust collection units. I do run three dust collection units that are independent of each other in my shop. They're all 1.5 horsepower a piece. Well, but I mean, it's not optimal. So if you have the time and the money to do some research, I would suggest looking into the Laguna. As Josh stated, they have a, a C flux and a P flux. So from what I saw, the C flux is a uh, three horsepower unit and it's 220. Uh, excuse me. It runs on 220 volts. Uh, that's obviously if your garage is set up for it, that'd be optimal to run a heavier gauge, uh, wire to the wall instead of the one, 110 or 115 volt P flux, you're going to get more CFM out of, uh, out of the C flux. Um, now me personally, what I'm looking at for my next shop is I'm looking at spending a little bit more money just because. I realize that I spend a lot of time in here and I want to protect my lungs <laughs> yep. a lot yep. better. So uh, Oneida Air Systems has a lot of good dust collection systems. Um, they have a HEPA dust collector that's uh, five horsepower. And you could run that sucker <laughs> in another room or outside and have your hard pipe through the wall. Um, it has a, what do you call it, the uh, RF transmitter Oh, like yeah, the remote controller. Yeah, so you can turn it on th- from the inside without going outside. Basically, that that signal will go through the wall, turn your nice. dust collection system on. Um, 
it is 230 volts, but it does run around $3,700, which is super expensive. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's a HEPA system and it's five horsepower. So you get what you pay for. But that's all I've got to say on that. Well, if you're not looking to go that high, um, Grizzly has some interesting models as well. They have a three horsepower HEPA Cyclone dust collector um, for pretty much three one hundred, um, and then they have they have a ten horsepower three phase Cyclone dust collector that's running at forty seven fifty. But I mean, like all these major brands have a good dust collector, more likely. So, I mean, like, whatever your preference is, if you like a certain brand, uh, I'm sure they're going to have a dust collector that's going to suit your needs. But in this case, I would go big or go home because that's going to be where you're going to spend a lot of time and your lungs are very important. So Actually, I just uh, I just spoke with Jesse Four Woodworks the other day, and he just hard-piped his one-and-a-half horsepower uh, Harbor Freight model in. I don't know what, yeah. what brand they carry, but um, and he says it. I mean, granted, his shop's a one-car garage, but goes down the center line, and he has uh, blast gates to, um, mm-hmm. you know, to to direct the flow. And he says it works mm-hmm. fine, but for me personally, one and a half horsepower isn't enough to run a full um, hard pipe throughout a two-car garage. I, it's like anything; you can get away with. You can use. Nothing against skilled tools, but you can use skilled tools. You can go ahead and use Harbor Freight tools. You can do woodworking and pretty much anything with the cheapest way possible. But, you know, there goes that argument of, you know, buy once, cry once, or, you know, continue to buy the same tool over and over because it ain't working. In this case, you're messing with your lungs. You're messing with your health. And what is that worth to you? To me, that's worth all the money I could throw at it. So, I mean, like for the... Our current shops, Nick and AJ, we don't have a huge shop, so we don't have the space to get some of these larger models. I know I don't even have the power to provide some of these larger models. So, you know, we do what we can. I'm I'm running, I mean, well, first off, um, I believe Tyler did, uh, did pick up a dust collector when he was on one of his... Let me tell you, this 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 kid is finding some of those unicorns that we were talking about from like Facebook Marketplace and whatnot. He's picking up some yeah. awesome tools for some awesome prices. But I know he picked up a dust collector while he was there as well. So um, and if watching his videos, you know his his garage, he's also sharing it, you know, with with other stuff. So he's got I know he's got his quad in there. He's so it's just not a full blown workshop. So at one point, you know, it'd be cool if he can get it that way. So that's why I know what he was talking about, you know, hard piping and whatnot. But I have to say, even I'm running the same one Josh has, and he they're both one horse. I'm running the longest run from that dust collector all the way into the CNC room. And I think I'm using probably like 30 feet of four inch schedule 40 pipe. And it sucks up 90% of that dust off of the, uh, the CNC, like the larger chips that might come off, you know, um, don't get trapped in there, but I can, I actually have two ports at the CNC where I have one that's a cleanup hose. So I don't have to take it off the CNC boot. And that thing has enough power to even do that long of a run. I was kind of worried when I bought it. Cause I'm thinking, you know, I'm definitely not going to have the CFMs to do it. But, um, you know, I can only run one tool at a time, so it, that's the only downfall to it. 
But um, other than that, yeah. that little one horse is is pretty good because I didn't want to have to run new electrical over there and whatnot. Um, but also, I'm going to tag. I'll send you the link, Josh, to put it in the the show notes. But there's a video that I watched that is from is from Woodworkers Journal on YouTube, and um, they go over. It's called measuring dust collection airflow, and they go through every little detail of it, and it's broken down in a way that anybody can understand it. Where it's not like you know they're going through all these diagrams showing you stuff that you have no idea what they're talking about. They made it very simple and very easy to understand. And um, they talk about the 90 degree bends, the 45s, you know, what will affect all that CFM, what will restrict it, what'll get you better, you know, usage of your CFMs. So we'll have to put it in the show notes and then check that video out because it helped me out tremendously. And I know it'll help somebody else out. Anything else guys? I did want to bring back uh, Harvey Tools Dust Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most unique systems I've seen out there. And uh, it's unique in the way that it's set up. You, you can fit it underneath a bench or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, in fact, they do have a picture of it underneath a bench on their site. Um, they boast on how quiet it is. It's much quieter than your traditional uh, setup. Um, they have three different models. They range, um, obviously in operation and in horsepower, but they say that it's 61 to 72, um, what do you call it? Decibels. Yeah. Decibels. There we go. And, uh, that's, that's pretty quiet. I mean, like, I don't know what mine runs at, but it's for, it's fairly quiet. I couldn't imagine if it ran at lower than that. Um, it's only, it says up to 50% energy savings. It has a HEPA filter. That's a 0.3 micron, um, extremely clean emissions. I mean, I'm just looking at the site. I'm kind of reading stuff off it. Um, but it definitely piques my interest looking into these. They're, they're pricey. I mean, but I mean like for a smaller shop or a shop you need storage mm-hmm. and you want larger dust collection, it might be a, something to look at. Well, hey, even just look at like, even if you ran it, through the wall from the other room. Yep. I mean, yeah. the, the decibels drop way down after that as well. So, um, <laughs> there's a wall in the way. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you could, so now <laughs> I, I saw, I saw someone on one of the uh, forums this week, put some sound padding up and it, it definitely keeps the sound from leaving the garage or the shop. Uh, however, if you put, if you have like a little closet and you keep your dust filter and or dust control, um, dust collector in the closet with some sound padding you'll never hear the darn thing you might not even know it's on until you put your hand in front of one of the blast gates so mm-hmm. oh blast gates if you get blast gates don't go cheap get the high quality metal ones um i think all three of us have dealt with the plastic ones yep. and uh they leak and you're losing cfm off that too but i think we hit that pretty good what do you guys say we go on to uh another question yeah send it uh, brother just uh you were talking about the decibels i do know that the hours are quieter than the than a rigid shop vac i can attest to that <laughs> yes i i actually there's been times where i'm using the shop vac and my dust collection and you know i'll get distracted and i'm like man what's so loud i turn off my shop vac and i'm like oh my dust collection is still on it's truly amazing yep. um but uh, yeah, we have a couple more questions. AJ, you want to read the one from Sam? Yes, sir. So we got another question sent in from Sam. Uh, he was sent in a question last week as well. 
So he he wrote in, hey, Sawdust Nation, love the last podcast. Definitely had me laughing. Great dynamic between you three because us three is a great time. And that was sounded bad. <laughs> got, got some hard. Never mind. So he has two questions for us. Um, That's a different podcast, man. Yes. Um, this His first question touches on etiquette. He asks, is it acceptable to ask another maker how much they made on a project, how much they have into a project? And he also states that he still struggles occasionally with pricing and have been going back and forth on reaching out to other local makers to get a feel for the market and how he's fitting into it. Um, you want to touch on this and then we'll go to the second part? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and do that. All right. So I truly don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to ask them uh, how much they made on a project, but I want to hear what you say, Josh. So I have actually asked, uh, AJ, I think you've been one, Nick. I know for sure I've asked you. Um, I honestly wouldn't just come out of the gate and ask some random maker that I don't have a running dialogue with, but uh, I feel like, okay, so... Nick, what are you like? I don't know, five, ten miles away from me. Yeah, between that, five miles. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we honestly work with some of the same client base. In fact, he's had clients come to him, then come to me, then come to, go to him, and back and forth. Um, but I feel I'm not gonna speak for Nick that you know there's no competition. I mean, like, you know, I could tell him what I'm doing, and he's not gonna run and do the exact same thing and, and undercut me. I, the woodworking community is one of the most unique communities I've come across. It's by far the most, um, how can I say this? We are so willing to share our knowledge, our wisdom, um, our prices, how we do things with each other. And it's truly unique. I have never come across anything like this. And like, like I use Nick as an example because he's the closest one to me, but I mean, like, I can ask him, hey, man, how much are you charging for this? And, you know, I'm not going to just copy him because out of respect, but at least I'll have a ballpark of what I should, you know, what people are paying. Um, it, it's just one of those things where we, I think we have a healthy level of respect for each other. And with that, we, you know, we tread lightly when it comes to certain areas. But if you know the maker and you have a dialogue with them, I would say 95% of the time they're going to share the information you ask. Um, I think AJ's the only person that I've ever run across that's actually asked a question from a maker and he got resistance. And our community is very good at finding that out and kind of pushing people like that out. But uh, that's my experience at least. Nick, since I was talking about you so much, what is your take on this? So I don't mind asking asking people typically – I'd like to have some sort of rapport with them before I go ahead and ask them. It's it's kind of odd to go ask somebody what their overhead and what their what their profit <laughs> margins are. And hey, I've never talked to you, but yeah, how much how much was that last thing you sold? But you know, once you get to know them and you guys develop a rapport with each other, maybe a working relationship, whatnot, um, you can go ahead and ask them, and then you can just go ahead and undercut all their prices. No, I'm just playing. Don't do that. <laughs> Shh. I'm not supposed to say that, but <laughs> no. So, give me trick, Mancy. So that being said, uh, a lot of people are afraid to charge what they what they really deserve for a project because they're afraid that the market won't people won't pay for their their uh, their products on the market. Um, 
well, I'm not afraid to price my 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 work the way I see fit and whatever um formula I use, I stick to it. Because if the person if somebody doesn't see my 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 project or whatever or my work as uh worth it, they're not going to even waste their time to begin with, you know? And if people keep lo- trying to lowball me, I'm not going to I'm not going to accommodate that. I'll just, you know, s- stick around for the customers. Uh, who appreciate my work, and I appreciate those customers, and we have that healthy respect. But I'll, also, I don't go ahead and, and just gouge anybody. But uh, that being said, I do take a lot of advice. There is a video on YouTube by William Douglas Company. Uh, the I believe the YouTube handle is William Douglas Co. But it goes through his formula of how he prices out his his uh, um, you know his work, and he sticks to it. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks. That's what he does. And he has a successful business. So um, I have to believe that in some capacity, I'm doing the right thing as well. So, And it's something you learn over time. I, I mean, you've been doing this a little bit longer than AJ and myself. And I'm sure in the beginning, there were some learning curves to, you know, that you had a hurdle. And you kind of figured this as you went and kind of, you know, evolved to what you have going on now. I know I messaged you, I think it was yesterday, about a client that wanted uh, an estimate on a certain project. And this project was fairly large and uh, it had a lot of details in it, which I don't think the customer realized cost a pretty penny. And then on top of that, it would be a traveling project where I would have to make something in the shop and then deliver it, install it. And God forbid, if I made a mistake, it's more time and money. So as you can imagine, this project came to a very expensive bill. And unfortunately, they did not think that it would be that expensive. But it, like you said, Nick, I it was worth my time if they accepted the estimate. It would have been my personal um, price point that I use pretty much of everything um, except for friends and family. And, you know, people don't realize what things are worth. They see a picture and they're like, oh, I, you know, I could spend $400 on that. You know, let's, let's ask this guy and see if he can give us an estimate. Then when you come back and it has another zero tacked on to the end of that, they're like, how is it so expensive? And when you start breaking down trim, um, you know, crown molding, you know, like hardware, travel time, paint, you know, let's just, sandpaper. Let's just even add in cabinet-grade plywood because you're not going to use some <laughs> ratty stuff you find, you know, at the Home Depot either. Yeah, I mean, like, in plywood right now, is just, even if you went to Home Depot and got plywood, it's expensive. It, it, that's the biggest thing I think we all run across is uh, people not knowing the price of their project before they come to us. And the sticker shock sometimes gets some people other people, they're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and do it. But uh, AJ, what's your take on uh, Sam's first question? Ah, sorry, I, I, no, I had I, I muted it because, of course, my wonderful job that I can never get away from is uh, calling. So um, with that, well, before I was talking, I don't see – I know you guys touched on it while I was gone, but I, I don't see an issue with asking somebody how much, how much um, they made on a project. Um, how much they got into it. I mean, you could ask for lumber pricing, especially if you're local to them, because then maybe, you know, you could buy it from somewhere cheaper. Maybe you're getting it a lot more expensive so you can cut costs that way. 
Uh, but with pricing out stuff, I actually just went through that today um, because I was building that or designing that bench out and I was trying to figure out on how much wood I was going to need for the carcass of it and then how much wood I was going to need to clad it in, plus all your hardware and all that stuff. Um, I kind of, you know, I figured out how many pieces I was going to need. I added one extra for good measure and then, you know, multiplied that. So I got all my baseline and then I multiplied it by two. Um, I knew it was going to be expensive uh, per se. So I didn't want to go three, you know, uh, on it. So I I didn't. Okay. So uh, AJ has a work call. So we're going to take over and uh, go to Sam's second question. Um, and pull that up real quick so we can kind of just remind ourselves what that is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, we're all about the same when it comes to, uh, our pricing and asking other makers. I know AJ's asked me, I've asked AJ, Nick back and forth as well. I've, uh, I've also shot myself in the foot a few times just by under, uh, underestimating. So make sure when you, when you estimate materials and, and, uh, labor, you make sure you're you're taking some time and breaking it down and actually, you know, doing the math because you give a snap judgment call to somebody on a price and then, you know, three weeks later you're like, Man, I should have asked for more. I you know, I've done that quite a bit and actually for these larger projects before we go to this next question, um, I literally I start saying this price is an estimate. This is the minimum it's going to cost. As I go along, if it costs more, I will go to you and tell you your options. Because I've come and done projects where, you know, I set a cost and then lumber skyrockets. Now that's eating into the profit that I build in there for myself and other materials that I use. So I've kind of changed up a little bit just to offset some of the random costs that do pop up. And, uh, you know, it's too early to tell if that's something that I'm going to keep or not, but it seems to be working fairly well. So Sam's second question was about power tools and hand tools. You know, they both have a place in the shop. How do you decide to you, how do you decide to use one or the other? Um, Nick, I know you have primarily, uh, power tools. You have some hand tools in the shop. Um, I would consider you a hybrid woodworker for that reason more of the power tool side but uh what's your take well i decide based off of uh the end result what the what the end result i'm going to get so if uh that and speed to be honest with you because i have a lot of projects going on at the same time and i can't try to keep my turnaround times uh, anywhere from two to three weeks typically. And if it's a good, good week, I'll have it done within five to seven days. But, um, power tools have saved me a load of time. Now, every now and then you're going to find that there are some things that you can't get around. Um, whether you're, you know, you need to trim something nice and fine, but you don't want to sand it. You want to use some, a nice wood chisel or a nice, um, block plane to get just a hair off. Uh, that's those are irreplaceable tools in the in the uh, the shop. Shop. Yeah, those those things will save you a ton of time, especially since it's a nice even cut when you when you're taking it. 
But yeah, that's my take on it. I, I prefer to, to stick with what's going to be fastest. And sometimes it is the hand tools. But uh, a lot of more, more times I find that the power tools do me justice. So what about you there, Josh? What do you think? So um, as I was talking, um, you know, there's three classes of woodworkers. Um, there are his hand tools, there's the hybrid and the power tools. And I would consider myself a hybrid that leans in the power tool, much like, you know, Nick does because time, um, I would love to have a section of my shop dedicated to hand tools and be able to produce, you know, something totally, you know, hand tooled out of the shop. But I, I have too many projects popping up here and there to be able to take the time to do that. There are some amazing woodworkers on Instagram that actually they do pretty much everything by hand tools and the stuff they produce is just breathtaking. Um, but you know, I do have hand planes. I do have chisels. I have, you know, hand saws, Japanese pole saws, trim saws. You know, I have hand tools. I utilize them and it really depends on the scenario. Nick, you hit it right on the head when you said, you know, it depends. Sometimes you can't just sand something away. Sometimes you need to have that chisel. And oddly enough, today was one of those days for me. So I was producing that uh, the name puzzle, and I did everything on the CNC. But sometimes the CNC doesn't go all the way through, and it leaves little spaces where you have to clean up. Now, I had a letter A. I had E. I had... Um, I owe you and yeah, I think the, <laughs> Wow. How'd you know? You, you no, I had... <laughs> I I had places that uh, I couldn't, the, you know, the bit didn't get to, and I didn't have a fine enough chisel to get to, and I couldn't get there with sanding. And I, it just, I'm looking around, and I actually did a story about this, but I have some carving uh, tools that I got in the very beginning. And I, when I got them, I was kind of on the edge if I should get them or not. And... I'm telling you, those carving tools that I have, it's a set of like uh, 10, and they have different blades. You know, one is like a 45, one is like cupped, one is, um, you know, straight. But I was able to take those and just clean up those letters and, you know, knock them out real quick. And they're sharp, man. They came sharp right out of the box to the point where, like, I've done this a couple times where I was using them, and it just hits your skin. Like, I know if it touches me, I'm getting cut. <laughs> so they're, they're just great little carving chisels. And, uh, you know, that's just an example of how I use my hand tools in the shop, even though I have a majority of power tools. AJ, yep. I know you have some planes that you've cleaned up. I know you have some chisels. I know you have a, you know, a love for uh, working with hand tools. You know, what's your take on Sam's question? Well, I'm not... <clears throat> I really don't use that many hand tools, um, chisels, chisels and planes. I wanted to get into, um, I, I actually enjoy sharpening the plane blade, but, um, to use them, I actually used one on a project and, um, it was very, it was hard work, but it was relaxing at the same time because you, you saw it, you know, what your work, what your hard work was actually doing. Um, instead of just sending it through a planer and next thing you know, it comes out nice and clean, but, um, I want to get into more hand tool use, but as of right now, my, um, 
Would you consider no? Because that would still be power tools. So I'm thinking like you know the grinder and whatnot. I mean, in theory, you have to. It's a power tool, um, but I mean, like I, I see what you're saying. Like, um, there's a gentleman I've been talking to on uh, IG, mm-hmm. and he does chainsaw sculptures, and um, it's logs for heroes. Um, and recently he got a hold of me, and we've been talking, and he does some amazing work. And I know some other people that do chainsaw work too. Now I would consider that carving. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about hand tools, but usually hand tools do come into play with that. Um, I, I know with your flags, you do a lot of carving with uh, your grinder, but um, you know, you you might find a place for hand tools in there. I'm sure you've used a chisel or something, a block plane to clean up an edge or something at one point. Not really, no. Um, and the. It's it's <laughs> that was a softball, man. No, no. <laughs> I, I really haven't. I, I bought those uh planes. I I used the jack plane for um uh cleaning up this piece of I, I made the that false floor, so I wanted to take it down because it had yeah. some unevenness to it. So I said, I, I can't fit it through my little twelve and a half inch uh planer. I mean this thing was huge. So I said instead of sanding it, let me just do it this way. And um, I learned that, you know, you definitely have to watch the grain because I was actually tearing at it. Yep. Um, and, of course, the, the blade wasn't the best because that's before I went over by um, Pete's shop, uh, over at Petrie's workshop. He helped sharpen that blade to literally a perfect uh, edge because it was actually a little con- like a little um, rounded from the previous. What, um, yeah. what company made that plane? It's a Stanley Sweetheart. Yeah, they they come where you have to you have to get the the flat side completely flat before you even start, or else it's you know what I'm talking about. You pull that well, plate out. The ones the ones that we got are uh, were used. They were from a, a sale that AJ went to. I got the same from the same guy that he bought mm-hmm. his planes. I got my planes from, and I think um, yeah, it just they need to be reworked because they're pretty old. They're older planes. I know over mine, I still need to go back and <laughs> fix that same issue. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, Nick. You have to make sure the, the back is perfectly flat. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's a whole process. There's, I have a question. There's some about really that. good videos out there. What's up? So I've never had any contact or like experience with uh, what's the uh, Bridge City Tools? Yeah. You have their block plane, right? Yeah, I now, do. Did, the HP8, yeah. Did you have to did you have to work that blade to get it to cut or or was it It came pretty sharp. Um I I honestly I only used it a little bit because well I I got it. I had to touch it to some wood and uh test it out, but it was pretty sharp. It, it actually cut better than my other block planes that I have and I've sharpened those. So, and when I say sharpen, I am very I'm learning sharpening. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, but that blade definitely cut better. Yeah. It's uh, pretty high quality. Um, I was fairly impressed with it. So, but uh, if you guys are good, let's uh, move to our last set of questions Yeah, from Trails uh, Custom Woodworks. So, Trails writes in uh, via email. He has two, I think, very good questions. The first one is, uh, what is Nick's go-to tape measure and why? Um well, I just happen to be Nick, so I'm qualified to answer that question. Uh, I hate tape measures. Uh, I use a <laughs> Milwaukee tape measure, but um, I I always just got to – I just don't like them. 
there the metal tape measures that I that I've come in contact with with the concave tape and all that just doesn't do it for me. I'm more of a straight edge ruler or uh, combination square or mini square kind of guy. Uh, as long as there's accurate graduations on it uh, marked, then I'm fine. I always go imperial though. I never go uh, metric. Unless, of course, I have to go metric for some reason, which is rare. But um, any, you guys want to answer which one's your favorite tape measure? Uh, we've kind of done this. We've been asked this question before by him. Um, he does a – was it Tuesday or Friday? Yeah, Tuesday. And he does a tape measure Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday tape measure, you know, what are you using, and you hashtag him and uh, – or tag him and basically show him what you're using in the shop. Oh, um, I can do that. 25-foot – Milwaukee tape measure. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for the question. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you're you're right. Um and I learned this and I think AJ knows this as well. I know he knows this that you know the majority of woodworking you're going to use a straight edge. That the tape measure is good for estimation. It is good for a quick, you know, you know, reference to a size, but I use it to break down sheet goods and that's that's about it. And then maybe on the CNC, I'd be entering dimensions and it'd be like, ah, that, yep, this is about that close. Mm-hmm. So I only, the only time I really only use a tape measure is when I go to uh, the lumber yard just to, to get my, my board foot calculations um, when I'm buying lumber. That's pretty much it. Uh, here at the shop, I have an eight foot straight edge that I can use, and that mm-hmm. covers the majority of the stuff for the next, you know, and then I have a three, three foot uh, woodpecker straight edge. And then obviously smaller ones. So I've kind of eliminated the tape measure out of my shop is uh, over time. What uh, eight foot straight edge are you using? Uh, I don't know the brand. I, I don't know what it's called. I only know the sound it makes when it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, man! This is a family show. Oh, okay. I believe he has another question. That's right. What's uh uh. Trails Custom Woodworks writes, what is your favorite wood species and why? Uh, well, first, I am gonna think I'm going to go first on this one, all right? And whatever's free, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's like He's a pallet wood connoisseur. No, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and say I love most hardwoods except oak. Um, <laughs> just because I, I really can't stand oak, man. Is it too hard for you, or is it's it? It's so just... splintery and it chips away, and it's just not my favorite. But I do love walnut, you know, or excuse me, what rhymes with walnut, right? That's a callback to <laughs> one of our old episodes. Um, but uh, cherries, I think, is one of the easiest to work uh, work with. Uh, curly maple and quilted maple are gorgeous once they're finished, and figured walnut is probably my absolute favorite uh, just because of the uh um when the light hits it it's iridescent and uh you're never going to get the same pattern twice but what about you there josh well we all know walnut's my favorite mm-hmm. you know i like cherry i like working with cherry um i'm definitely finding uh <laughs> more of a love of cherry as i work with it uh, because it is fairly easy to work with and it does have some amazing qualities to it um, maple is up there as well, but when it comes down to it, you know, I, I like walnut. Uh, I like Paducah too and purple heart. Just, I like Paducah because of the smell when you, you're working with it because it's, it smells good. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, 
I always find I, I like walnut. That's my species. That's the what I like. But I always find when I end up working with a particular hardwood, I find really good qualities about it, and I really enjoy working with it. And then I go to pine, and then <laughs> I work with it, and I'm like, well, this is really easy working, and then it chips and dents, and I'm like, I, I, I need some walnut in my life. Hey, what what yeah. was that wood that you said smells really good when you're working with it? Paduke. Oh, okay. I've never smelt Paduke. I. But I have the same thing uh, when I work with Sharpies and paint. It smells great when I'm working. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, You may have done a little too much work with those in the past. (laughs) Um, AJ, what's your take? Well, I will will say Paduke was a a surprise when I first started working with it on on the smell. But then after a little bit, it kind of got a little overwhelming. you also worked on it uh, a little more than I have. I I do small quantities versus what you did. That was, you were doing a large cutting board yeah. for that so, project, right? Uh, yeah, that was in the early beginning, and uh, it, it was it was a lot. That was a walnut and paduke on that. But, um, I mean, it smells great. It works well. Um, the newest wood – well, not newest, but I fell in love with ash, um, you know, because <laughs> – well, nothing beats a good piece of ash, man. Yes, we know. As as our last one of our last episodes, that uh, Nick found a, a gorgeous piece of ash for thirty five dollars, and that was thirty five dollars. And then he gave it to me, and I tooled it, and damn, we're about to give, hey, <laughs> give it to a customer. So, Paduke doesn't didn't make you sick or anything, did it? It was just got the smell, just got kind of irritating. Yeah. That's all it did. It it just it it just became overwhelming at one point. Um, it, it's almost like cedar when when you you know you smell cedar, you go wow, it's nice. And then if you keep smelling it and keep smelling, like I planed probably I don't even know how many board feet of of cedar one day, and I was like, I'm sick and tired of this stuff. I don't want to ever do this again. But you know, it's same kind of thing. But I do know some people are allergic to certain sawdusts, and you know they'll uh, they'll break out or whatnot. Um, question for you guys when you're messing with walnut it be butternut or just you know walnut in general do you guys get uh, your nose irritated well no because does. I don't I don't like stick it up there no you're, you're supposed to you're supposed to take in some of the uh, sawdust so you can be part of the project you, you have to like become one it's a uh, yeah become one with the project never broke out because of walnut not broke out i'm saying like i just get very my nose gets really irritated from it. it's one of the only uh pieces of hardwood i mess with that i'll start i'll start sneezing a lot more than normal no that's that's all i'm saying i'm not saying i'm allergic and i blow up and it's like you know i can't work with it but yeah no i don't i mean i have a screwed up nose anyway with my whole nose issue but um so any kind of wood really affects me but I haven't had anything where, you know, like I noticed one particular wood. I, I Last night I was actually sanding the ash and it was really, it was kind of bothering me after a while. Um, and it wasn't that long. It, it honestly might be something where you just prolong. Because, I mean, like with walnut, mm-hmm. I, 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 let's be honest. I, I have been working a lot with walnut, with the mallets and everything else I've been doing. There's been a lot of, you know milling from walnut in the shop especially from a slab so yeah. it could just be long you know especially i didn't have any air filtration at the time mm-hmm. and all this because i will know i have noticed since i've been running that 
I I come in, you know, I'm not coughing or I'm not sneezing sawdust out my nose. So yeah, it's been fun. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, it's it's nice learning all different you know species and you know working with it. And um, I actually just picked up a box, even though this is all domestic wood. Um, I got I got kind of turned on to this um, company that sells domestic woods and uh, exotic woods, but they sell small packs of it and it's their seconds, they call it. So anything that they couldn't use or, you know, thinner pieces, maybe it has a little knot here and there. I got a whole box filled with, um, it was, it ranges from eighth inch thick to three quarter thick. Uh, They say it goes from like eight inches long, or I'm sorry, 12 inches long to like 24 inches long. And most pieces, yeah. Um, How much was the box? Just out of curiosity. Well, my job's calling once again, so I will have to tell you after this small break. It was $25, but um, the company is O-C-O-O-C-H.com. I have to take a look at that. Go take your call, and we'll start talking about the uh, live episode coming up uh, next week. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. It's going to be our second one. Um, you know, you we lucked out. You were there for our first one. So we're going to do another live episode on YouTube. It'll be Tuesday, February 2nd at 8 o'clock-ish um, because, you know, sometimes you have technical difficulties. We're still learning, and uh, part of that learning curve is figuring out how to make sure we have audio like we did last time. Um, for a little bit of it, but, uh, we might, we, do you want to mention this? What's special about this live? Do you think we should tease it a little or should we just come uh, out and tell? I think that, you know, I, I'll just hint at it. How's that? We can tease it. You want to tease it? Well, how about this? How about this? There might, we will tell them what it is, but we won't tell them exactly what it will be. That makes sense. Makes sense. Being too cryptic. <laughs> cool. So we're going to be doing a giveaway on that episode, and uh, you know we're going to tell you the rules once we, you know, we we're going to talk for like five six minutes and then tell you guys the rules and how to win that giveaway. And we're going to choose someone that is listening and uh, at that live. And the giveaway is going to be sponsored by DFM Tool Works. And uh, if you don't know who that is, then you should go check him out. And if you do, you know that no matter what we give away during that live is going to be worthwhile. Um, what does uh, <laughs> you lose out? You forget how to talk there. Are you good? Yeah, for a second. Um, I was going to say, or trying to say before speaking Latin, um, you know, we're going to be doing like a pre show. Uh, and Nick, you've been a part of this for a couple of episodes. I mean, why don't you tell them what that includes? I mean, like, it's obviously going to be a little different, but, uh, yeah, just give us, you know, a short um, explanation what we might be doing during that live. A little synopsis of the pre-shows. We usually go over who's fulfilling which roles for the afternoon fill, uh, recording. Um, we just talk about uh, topics that we could potentially cover, and we go over our questions just so we're not caught off guard. Um, we also, during live pre-shows, we love to give shout-outs to people watching. So if you are watching, we will most likely see you and say hello. Um, other than that. Oh, yes. 
especially if you interact. Interaction is definitely something we want. Um, we're going to go over our normal, you know, stuff. But if you have questions you want us to answer during the show, you can ask us then. You can also ask us a question you don't want aired, and we'll just answer it right then and there. And, uh, you know, it's just Q&A, really. We're going to do our normal thing, and uh, you can have some extra laughs live with us. That's like Josh said, TNA, and we're going to have some laughs. Oh, I don't even know. Um, welcome back, AJ. Welcome. I'm probably going to – I'm hoping not to get called again. This is what happens when you uh, manage babies, children. Hey, yeah, it happens, man. Uh, but, you know, with that, this is going to be something that happens more often. Uh, we're coming up with a show schedule for you guys. Um, the first week of every month, we're going to have someone – we're, we're going to do a live uh, YouTube, and we're not going to – do a giveaway every time, but it's going to be random. Uh, we would like to give back to the community. You've been saying that from episode one, and this is going to be one way we're going to do that. Well, this is this week's. This is going to be special because we're approaching. We're really close to five thousand downloads for this podcast. Yes, we are. Yeah. So this is a milestone for the podcast, and I think the giveaway coming could comes at a great time we we are only 190 downloads away that's right so if you're listening go ahead download 190 <laughs> downloads and get us there <laughs> um no but seriously uh the show schedule is going to be the first week of the month it will be a youtube live on that tuesday at eight o'clock and then the last week we're going to do an interview we're going to do an interview with a maker now, AJ's going to fill you in on the details of how we're going to go about doing that. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to get a maker and we're going to interview him, and him or yep. her. That's and us. it's going to be at the end of the month. And Thank you, doctor. Good night. <laughs> doctor? Doctor? Um, so uh, what we're going to do is – You can you can hit on it or you can just straight up tell him. No, no, no. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna mention – just, just let me roll with it. I'm gonna, I'm okay. gonna keep rolling. You have the wheel. AJ, take the wheel. Well, uh, Jesus, take the wheel. Anyway, so with that, um, at the end of the month, what we're gonna do is we're gonna highlight a maker out there in the community, and um, we're gonna bring it to the podcast and do like a little interview. You know, we want to spread the Sawdust Nation word, and you know, we want to bring other people from the community to share their experiences, you know, um, what they've learned, what they make and uh, bring it to new listeners, new viewers. And um, we already have um, the, all I'm going to hint towards is we have three special guests all lined up for the next three months. The first guest is going to be Jesus. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was a carpenter, so said, thank you. Yeah. I mean, like he might be able to show up. us some stuff. Well, you worked with hand tools. Yeah, real hand tools. So anyway, <laughs> um, but we already have three guests lined up. And um, let me tell you, they are some pretty awesome guests. They're rock stars. They they are. Um, that's that's the, the rock stars of woodworking. They, they definitely are. And I, I want to say who the first one's going to be, but we're going to we're going to leave it for right now. And um Maybe what you think, if you guys know or have an idea who it may be, let us know at the Sawdust Nation podcast on Instagram, or you could even send it in. And what we'll do is we'll even air it. We'll have a little segment on next week's episode if you guys send it in on all the guesses. And then uh, we could say yay or nay, but we'll probably just say nay to all of them. 
and you know make you guys even think no, more. I, I honestly think if someone says it and it isn't the person that's coming on, mm. then we will announce it. Because I mean, like, if you guess it, if you legitimately guess yeah. it, then I think you deserve you know recognition for that. What do you guys think? I, I like it. And then what's going to happen is Josh is going to give you um, his Glowforge. <clears throat> yes. No way. For the wonderful low price of $5,000, you can have it. Oh, man. I sure hope it's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. I think we should start wrapping this one up. All right. So our sponsors, once again, we want to thank you, Total Boat. For sponsoring the podcast, head over to TotalBoat.com. Check out the epoxy that they have, all the finishes that they have. They have a lot of tutorials on their website as well. If you're unsure of anything, I know I had to check out a few things every time I was doing that one epoxy pour that I had no idea what I was doing. And also, I reached out to them on Instagram a few times with questions, sent them some pictures, and they you know, said yay, nay, maybe so. You know, hopefully it doesn't blow up. No, they didn't say that. They gave me very good advice, great customer service. As Nick would say, top-notch customer service. And um, head over to Total Boat, check them out, give them a follow, like all their posts. And uh, also, we want to thank Sticker Beat for sponsoring the podcast and um, getting the Sawdust Nation podcast stickers out there in the world. And um, uh, the last I heard, our Sawdust Nation podcast sticker was going to um, Japan, I think was the last one. No, I'm just joking. Wow. I just sent it to a, Actually, I just sent it to a random address in Japan just so <laughs> they get this in. I do have some addresses in Japan that I'll just send them a random there sticker. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, thank you to StickerBeat. Um, head over to the StickerBeat.com. Use Sawdust Nation promo code, no spaces, and uh, receive 20% off your entire order today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And Nick, that's right. It's time to to go ahead and mention our newest sponsor, the one we are super excited to have. That's JTEC Photonics. JTEC Photonics has great lasers for the hobbyist CNC machines all the way up into mid-range and higher-end CNC machines. Um, They... They provide kits and all the instructions, how to set it up, get it ready to go. Uh, Outstanding, top-notch, grade-A customer service from these guys. And I'm not just saying that because they sponsor us. If you go back to uh, one of our previous episodes, uh, and I talked about JTEC Photonics and how how their customer service is, you will not be disappointed. They will walk you through step-by-step on what you need to do to get your laser running if you don't understand, especially if you're new. So that being said, visit jtechphotonics.com, check them out, um, and if you have any questions, give them a call through their contact us information on their page. And as always, you can write in and contact us at our Instagram pages, Nick at NPG Creations, AJ at Crafted and NJ, and myself at North Country Woodworking. We also have a podcast page. <coughs> a podcast page at Sawdust Nation Podcast, and then an email if you would like to send an email in or if you'd like to send a voicemail in. Um, no videos, please. Um, you can do that at Podcast at gmail.com. And with that... If you're listening on the Apple Podcast, please make sure to give us a five-star review. Uh, five stars gets us 
uh, higher rating and gets us put in front of hundreds of more people. It allows us to continue doing what we love to do, and that's bringing you content regarding woodworking and maker the maker movement. So please, five stars on Apple uh, Podcasts. And with that, I think that's it, right? That's it. Yeah. Sign off. Um, we wanted to say thank you to everybody who is listening to this podcast on Thursday-ish. I really enjoyed doing this podcast with Nick over at MPG Creations. Josh over at North Country Woodworking. And I wanted to say I love you all. And I hope everybody has a great night. Actually, they're probably going to listen during the day. So I hope you have a great day, great night. And you get in the shop. Afternoon. In the afternoon. Whatever time you listen. I covered it all. Thank you. I love everybody. I hope everybody stays well. And go make some sawdust out there. You took Josh's line. <laughs> Sorry. All right, folks. It's all good. Take care. I'll, I'll just I'll just sit here. Take care of yourselves and each other until next time. Bye, bye, everybody. Bye, bye. Sawdust Nation out. I think hard piping your shop and uh, maybe routing around all that hardwood. You got to have the hard pipe to get the best suction. You do. And if you don't have good suction, it's not worth getting a hard pipe over. <laughs> and, and Nick has all his hardwood in a lot of packages. So Nick has a lot of big packages with some hardwood. Yeah, but they're all cut off. So it's small hardwood. Ah. Yeah. I mean, like he, he measures, he's, you heard him. He measures everything in millimeters, right? Yes. Uh, actually, that's uh, 30 seconds of an inch. 64th. I measure in 64th. I'm an imperial kind of guy. Do you are one of the guys that have a tattoo anywhere with like a ruler? Since you don't like using a tape measure? Yeah, I keep a ruler on my, you know what? I'm sorry. Way, what? Uh, I don't I don't know what it, on your arm? I I keep it on my uh my 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 long dong long dong silver over here. Fish stick? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So okay. I can measure at least an inch and a half at, at a time. I heard it was 64th. Yeah, but well, I do my measurements in 64th.